Hello, and welcome to the Eisner Amper podcast series about how private companies can help work and collaborate with the Department of Veteran Affairs, as well as other government agencies. I'm your host, Dr. David Shulkin, the ninth secretary of the Department of Veteran Affairs, and I'm pleased to be joined by my Eisner Amper colleague, Ron Dreskin, who's a partner in the Health Services Group. And the reason we're doing this podcast for you is because we believe that government works best when it partners with those of the private sector. But many companies, frankly, are intimidated by working in the federal contracting process. So some of them don't try and others give up. And what we want to do is to be able to share some examples of how companies can work with government so everyone can benefit from what the great companies out there are doing. So I'm pleased to co-host this in order for us to have more efficient government services for everybody. Joining us today is Robert Rasmussen and Dan Levison from Agile 6, which is an amazing service-disabled veteran-owned small business that currently works with the VA. And Agile 6 is, is focused on assisting the VA to optimize its mission by focusing in on improving the way that it delivers services And we're going to get more into that today as we talk to them about the projects that they're working on and the lessons that they've learned. So, Ron, I'm going to have you start out by talking with Robert and Dan. Thank you, David. And gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Starting with Rob, how did you decide to get involved with your business and offer services to the VA? Fantastic. And first, before I start, Mr. Secretary, it's an honor to meet you, sir. And we have enjoyed very much the experience of serving the VA under your leadership and some of the amazing improvements over those years. I will say my story starts during the first Gulf War time area in 91, I enlisted. I was first an aircraft mechanic aboard the USS Kitty Hawk, and then I did a second tour in IT services. And that's kind of where I I really learned to do some of the stuff that carried me through my career. My career carried me after the Navy all over the world. I did service delivery projects for telecommunications in Europe. But one of the things I always missed was the camaraderie of, of the service community. And so in 2014, I found myself back here home in the States and, and looking for something, I think, in the season of my life where purpose was important and time seemed more limited, looking for something that made a difference in the world to do with my talents. And that brought me first back to family programs. Having raised a couple kids as an enlisted sailor, I really appreciated what family programs were doing to support the deployed troops. And that brought me back as more of a project manager employee of another firm and and seeing you know all the purpose in in serving the government and some of the things that I didn't understand or couldn't relate to I eventually decided to launch my own firm to do things more in line with my thinking and so I called up a old shipmate of mine and two of my best friends and I said you know let's let's do something Interestingly, there aren't a lot of software developers in in the military. Interestingly, at least uh, in my day, that wasn't an option. And so my partners, they all had this kind of call to serve. Two of them hadn't served in the military and they wanted to do that in their life. So we got together for a weekend locked in a cabin in in Arrowhead, California. And we said, what are we going to do for the world? And, And we came away with improving the Veterans Administration. So that's kind of how we got started, I would say. Ran into Dan along the road, and I'll let him tell that part of his story. Yeah, thanks, Robert. And Ron, Secretary Shokin, thank you so much for having us on. 
And as, as Robert mentioned, I met Robert and I was actually serving as a federal employee at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Service. I started after the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010 as a contracting officer in the kind of 1102 job series there. And pretty early on, that was my first experience with government. And I came in with a lot of passion and purpose and, you know, noticed a lot of kind of misaligned incentives within the system and really realized it's not about, you know, bad people, but really a broken system that really didn't always put users and, you know, in this case, veterans first. That led me to meet the U.S. Digital Service when they were newly formed after the healthcare.gov rescue, and they really focused on outcomes and can we bring commercial best practices to the government space. And around that time is when I met Robert, who had started Agile 6 just a bit ago and was really looking to, you know, how can we serve veterans and serve users and put them first? And it really aligned with kind of my thought process and some things that I was trying to do from inside the government. And a few years later, after, you know, I got to know Robert a little bit, it really was an easy decision because we just were so aligned in what we, you know, we think government could be and really in putting, you know, veterans and users first. So when I left federal service about four years ago, I joined Robert as a partner uh, with Agile 6. And from there, we really focused on, you know, how can we serve veterans and put them first. And that led us to a lot of more novel approaches that are coming, you know, more commonplace now, really focusing on outcomes. And then, you know, again, putting the veterans first, places like VA.gov, veteran-facing services. If I could jump in there, I love what Dan said there about what government can be. And that's a big part of who we are. Having spent 10 years of my life in other countries, coming back, I did sense that the government can be something more, that it's the single largest funded agent of change in the world. And even if it's not perfect, there's a lot of purpose in just bumping it in the right directions. I think that's where Dan and I found common ground. Those are really the right reasons to come together the way that you have and to help improve government. So that's really what this is all about. So tell us about what your experience has been like in trying to work with VA. What was it like to get your first VA contract? And was it harder than you thought? <laughs> so... I mentor a couple of young businesses and one of my friends actually this weekend called me up after his one year mark and with no contracts, right? And that is the, the, the rule, not the exception. And it was the rule for us too. So when I talk to people about this business, it might look both easier and harder than it is. We had all the desire. We had all the skills. I, I would say we had all the confidence, but I liken federal contracting to crawling your way through a brick wall with your fingernails you know once you're through it's a good life it's a great place to work but we went 0 for 19 in the first year in terms of bids we leaned in hard at some really innovative stuff we came in second place a few times which you know pretty impressive but it was a long time before we really got traction and then we got traction with another agency centers for medicaid and medicare built a reputation there and, and a few positive things happened at va and, and we're able to to come in, I, I, maybe you could say the, the back door a little bit, but it was way harder. I often reflect that had I known what I would went through second, third year, I would have gone back and changed the, the business plan. I, I mean, I wouldn't have come this, this direction, but knowing what I know now, I love it. There's no better place to give your gifts, talents, energy towards, but it's, it's tough. Those first few years, we, I went two years without, without a paycheck. Robert, I just want to make sure we heard that right. Did you say that you applied 19 times and never got a contract any of those times? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's determination and, and perseverance. That's for sure. My partners, my early partners, you know, I just, just had to keep it positive. Just had to 
You know, I know many times a lot of us wanted to give up and we remember that, you know, it's easy to, to think about the successes. You don't want to look back on the, the price you paid, but it's, it's important getting into this business that you realize without government past performance and relationships, starting from scratch, it's near, near impossible, but you just have to learn, listen, take debriefs, take advice, travel. You never know when you're going to meet Dan Levinson. And that's, that's where things started to change for me. I was, pro I was stalking him when I met him. <laughs> I was uh, I was one of those guys with a business card trying to get his attention. But when I did, and this is what's most important, by then I knew I was going to go out as me or I was going to succeed as me. And so I think that's what Dan would probably say was different is I said things that were different. I didn't, I no longer had the patience to say what I thought they wanted to hear. There were important things that needed to be said before I walked away. And those are the things that I think made a difference. So, so Dan, his sales pitch wasn't, I'm 0 for 19, can you help me? <laughs> No, absolutely not. And, you know, we, we had the, I think, good fortune of getting to know each other a little bit. As Robert mentioned, he initially kind of jumped in as, as a, a contractor supporting agile coaching and digital transformation at CMS and had a chance to know each other a little bit. And I think really, you know, what stood out was, like Robert had mentioned, you know, that really that he stood for something, right? And he wasn't afraid to be to be a human, to be a real person. And it wasn't about putting a veneer of, you know, hey, we can get all these wins. It was like, no, this is a challenge, but I'm going to be true to who I am or or I'm not going to do this anymore, right? I'm not going to be willing to budge to the budge. And that really resonated with me. And when I decided to jump out, it was like Robert said, it wasn't that the skills were lacking. It was really kind of a realignment and understanding, you know, how the space worked, but also knowing that really where Agile 6 needed to be was this emerging civic tech space that really focused on outcomes and focused on bringing commercial grade talent to some of the biggest problems in government. And, you know, some of the work that I have been doing and, you know, a, a lot of my former colleagues have, have continued to do that work specifically at the VA. And that resulted in these, again, more novel and different types of procurements that really focused on outcomes. Our first piece of work at the VA was called VA.gov Modernization. It was really bringing what USDS, US Digital Service had jumped in to create vets.gov and really kind of bringing that back together with VA.gov and making that single source for, for veterans to get VA services. And this procurement was a lot different than the ones Robert had previously, you know, and Agile 6 had previously been on. It actually entailed us going to the TAC, the contracting kind of center in New Jersey for the VA. And within a four hour period, basically showing how we build commercial products and government folks acting as product owners and, and different subject matter experts and really allowing us to show and not tell. And I think once we were able to find the right customers to an extent, I think Robert, I think you'd agree our kind of our luck changed or our ability to really find our place at the VA changed towards that. Yeah, I would say we found our place in history. Not, that's not something you can bet on, but we found a like-minded people that wanted like at the root of it, the same message, which for us was, I just want a consumer experience out of my government. And I believe and I've witnessed and I've used government services, especially abroad, that provided, you know, consumer level experiences. And so we met people. That's one thing we we said in some of those 19 bids, but we never they never landed with someone who who, who understood what we meant or wanted to make a bet on a little bitty shop that, you know, one of my partners came from Amazon and, you know, we just wanted that. We wanted that for and why not? The the budget is there. Certainly the mission, the purpose, the products that we need as citizens are there. And, you know, to, to get a little bit risky to say living abroad, I witnessed societies with a little bit less toxicity. And a large, lot of it was because they believed in the government that they were building. And it was our government, not not something to be either torn down or constantly interrogated. It's, it's us. We need to get involved and fix it. And so meeting people on the other side of the table that would that would do that. And as Dan said, 
part of it was, you know, packing up my family and moving to Baltimore and taking a coaching role. That's if somebody will listen to me, I'll, I'll get involved and talk about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, absent USDS and some of that stuff that Dan talks about, I don't think we would be here. I, honestly, I wasn't ready to, to work someplace else that wasn't true to me. I just, even, even if there was money in it. That... Right. This commitment to mission and the desire to give back and patriotism to make government work better and serve others is, is something that we hear all the time on this podcast. And we really salute that and recognize how important that is. So thank you. You said, Robert, two other things that I thought were worth noting. One is, is that as much as you had hoped to get into VA, it actually began to open up once you had experience with another government agency, in this case, CMS. So is that advice that you have, which is to diversify among agencies, because once you get in there, that may be helpful. And the second thing that you said that I'd appreciate either of you commenting on, you said, look, once you get through the brick wall, once you have some experience serving government, it's a lot more secure and you feel that you found your place and glad that you're there. So those, I think, are two more important issues that I'd love to hear some more about. Yeah, so the traditional wisdom, and I read a lot of books coming in, the, the traditional wisdom is, yes, to to uh, target two agencies because you can't possibly understand the mission of one, much less two, in a very depth way. So, so I think the traditional answer would be, yes, you know, spread yourself out a little bit, but not too thin. But I think more importantly for us was to find the people within the within that community, regardless of what agency they're in, that will speak my language, right? So those 19 proposals didn't land because I was saying the wrong things to the wrong people, regardless of agency. What is my unique value proposition to the government, first and foremost? And be true to that and understand that. And ours was pretty unique. So I would say, yes, I mean, you got to travel. You got to get out there on the road. You got to sleep in hotels for two years. That's just the dues you pay. But be careful with what you're saying, because all that's wasted if you find yourself into a relationship that isn't even what you're looking for. So you, you come back to a place where you just become so tired of trying to sing someone else's song. You're just looking for someone that likes your tune. And that, that was it. Ron, any further or final questions for Dan or for Robert? Well, this has been a very inspiring conversation. It's actually given me more impetus to get out there. And I don't necessarily want to be 0 for 19, but on the other hand, I think Willie Mays was prior to becoming a Hall of Famer. So I don't have any other questions, but I... I feel like I got to run out and do a few more proposals before I go home tonight. Well, it's the classic American story, right? Which is, you know, success never comes on the first try. And it's those that stay with it that ultimately succeed. And tell us just before we wrap up here, what is the work that you're doing right now with the Department of Veteran Affairs to make government work better? Dan, do you want to take that or shall I go first? Sure, I can go first, Robert, and then you, you as, as a veteran, of course, maybe can speak in more personal terms to some of this. So, you know, we're, we're really fortunate. We've recently, we're one of the awardees on this more modern kind of commercial outcome-based contract vehicle called Cedar, which is customer experience, DevOps, and agile releases. And that's really allowed us to kind of double down and focus on veteran-facing services. So we've really grown our team working on VA.gov and specifically building out the content management system. And another piece of work we've recently started supporting is the check-in experience, uh, making sure 
veterans at VA medical centers, it's not a burden on them, right? You can't put the, it's not okay to keep putting the burden onto veterans as far as accessing these services that they've earned and put their lives on the line for. We also support a program called the Diffusion Marketplace, which is a basically a, a website and application to diffuse and spread best practices across VA medical centers to clinicians, physicians. As we all know, government at times can be caught in silos. So this has really helped to spread those good ideas and get those best practices out more broadly. So Robert, I don't know if you want to speak of it, like I said, maybe in more personal terms to any of the, the work that we're doing. No, I think you covered it really well. I would say just go to va.gov. You know, I think the look and feel of va.gov has everything to do with our passions and our life. Diffusion Marketplace is, you know, it's it's a beautiful, it's it's a life-saving resource. It has a great aesthetic value, but it's about like the our government spreading good ideas. Even what I'm really proud of is it's available outside of VA. And what what an incredible, courageous thing for the VA to do to say these things save lives and these great ideas and take them and save lives outside of VA as well. So I'm just, and also I just want to put in a, just a quick plug for, for digital services and, and USDS and, and the USDS folks at VA. I see like-minded people and all I want to do is, is spend the rest of my life building like-minded experiences for veterans and for grandmas and you know cousins and uncles using CMS services and you know, we do some work at CDC on COVID reporting, and there's a lot, there's just so much important work out there. There is funding, but the government needs better vendor communities to come in and, and build that, that experience that we know all of our co-patriots deserve for what they spend on this government. Well, thank you again. This has really, as Ron said, been inspirational. It's exactly what our podcast is about. And we can't thank you enough for joining us today, but also for what you're doing to make government work better. And thanks for joining us on the Eisner Antler podcast. Gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Secretary. Thank you both, gentlemen, and happy holidays to you and your family. Likewise. Happy holidays. Thank you, uh, Secretary Shokin. Thank you, Ron.